HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. It is a super rainy, muggy, uh, cold uh, Sunday in uh, Brooklyn here. Um, but I'm joined by a couple really insp- inspiring authors. Um, I really have to say that I think that they're doing some of the work that is like most impacting and really important today. It ties in with a lot of the values we've been talking about food, um, doing it from scratch, learning early and excelling as from a young age. So these are both authors of books. Um, I'll name the first one. It's called Future Chefs, Recipes by Tomorrow's Cooks Across the Nation and the World. It's Ramin Ganeshram, and she's here right now. Hi. Hey, thanks so much for joining. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. And we've got on the line Sarah Elton. She is an author and journalist, and her latest book is Starting from Scratch, What You Should Know About Food and Cooking. It's for kids. How are you, Sarah? Hi. Good morning. I'm I'm happy to be here with everybody. Good afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So congratulations, guys. And you guys are both like veteran food writers. I mean, you've written for The Times. Sarah, you've written about rooftop gardening, sustainable agriculture. Um, and this is not your first books for both of you. And I think it's really interesting that you're writing um, about children excelling in cooking. And how did that, how did you guys get inspired? I mean, I don't have kids, so <laughs> I, I just find it a really, um, I just think it's a really important topic. So what got you started on that path? Well, I um, it, it's it's Sarah talking, yeah. and um, well, what happened with me is that when I was writing my last book for adult nonfiction, and I traveled around the world, and I was writing about sustainable food movements in a book called Consumed, Consumed. Um, I found that everything kept pointing to well, what are we going to do about the future, and how are we going to change things? How are we going to change this industrial food system mm-hmm. and make it better for the future? And that kept pointing me to kids and education. And so that led me to writing this book, which is 
teaching kids how to cook from scratch. It teaches kids about the science of food, about um, uh, the culture of food, why what you cook tells the world a story about who you are, to get kids engaged in their food so that they can appreciate it and make the decisions that we need people to make to support a more sustainable food system in the future. Yeah, and you know, I hear like folks like Mark Bittman and Michael Pollan talking about how important it is to just start cooking from scratch. And a lot of it is pointed from an adult perspective, too. But people, you know, are getting the message. It's all about home cooking um, to kind of get a familiar with all these issues and also help to become part of the solution. Um, so, Ramin, how about you? What, how'd you get into this book? Yeah, it was for me, it was a little circuitous. I was, uh, <clears throat> pardon, I had written a... Uh, middle rate grade uh, fiction novel, a okay. novel about a girl who wanted to be a contestant on a on a cooking competition show. Right. So when this book came out four years ago, now um, it was pure fantasy. There were mm. no cooking competition shows for kids. for kids. No, not at all. And it was completely um, just off the cuff. Um, something that I wrote for Scholastic, and the book did really well. But what happened was I started to get these letters from kids, from librarians, parents, aunts, uncles, who all said to me, I know a kid who is just like the protagonist of this book, who loves to cook, is really passionate, is cooking from scratch. Yeah, or is cooking to demonstrate their culture. Um, You know, really good point. And um, I started to realize this is not a fad. It's not a fanciful notion. There are real kids out there. It's not exactly fantasy. It's not fantasy. So I started to dig and dig. And the responses of people who said, yes, I have somebody and I have a great recipe. And the recipes were good. They really were. And I realized there was a book in it. So so just to go over the premise of Future Chefs, um, you found a lot of inspiring kids who are making their own recipes. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you think of how many adults, like, follow recipes, you know, word for word, these kids are doing it and creating. And um, that is really powerful. I think that's, that, uh, is this a trend nowadays? Like, both of you, um, feel free to chime in. Are kids cooking more now because of maybe popular media, um, shows like MasterChef? I mean, from my perspective, I think that because we live in a society where food is so fetishized and we're yeah. so obsessed with it, and it's really, no pun intended, the grease on the social wheels, right? Even people who in the past you never would have thought about talking about what they ate for dinner mm-hmm. do so. And I think what we're seeing is children who are growing up in a, in a world where they're um, immersed in food culture, not right. just Food Network, not just, um, you know, food media magazines and cookbooks and so on but in their schools and healthy eating programs and culinary programs Mm -hmm. culture programs you know celebrity chefs you know yeah, absolutely i mean you know the people who are really in my experience this is anecdotal and i've heard similar and you've done a lot of anecdotes with this book with this book yeah is that you know some of the the most powerful followers of competition cooking shows are children right so I think that it's a natural progression of where we are in a, as a food culture of America. I think that this idea of kids wanting to cook, cooking from scratch, and doing so 
is not an anomaly. It's the natural evolution of who we are as Americans and what we eat. And it's cool. That said, yeah. that said, if you look at the at the data, fewer and fewer of us are cooking from scratch, and more most more and more families are eating um, prepackaged foods. And definitely, uh, and you know, like you go to the supermarket, and it looks like a takeout joint now because. <laughs> People don't cook from scratch anymore, uh, a large part. In in Canada, only one in four people will eat a home-cooked meal in one day. That's right. according to Industry Canada statistics. And the, and the stats are pretty similar when you look at the United States as well. So and it's, it's a strange world that we live in because, you're, you're, because what Ramin's saying is so true. We are obsessed with food. We fetishize food. We watch food on TV. And yet... We are losing the skills that we need to be able to cook from scratch. We don't know how to cut up a chicken uh, to, into pieces to, to make a curry. We don't know how to boil bones to make a soup from scratch. Um, and, and we've seen in schools that they just don't teach the same skills anymore that they used to. I, I find and, it frustrating also that some of those shows, they don't really show practical instruction mm. so much anymore. It's more about like mm-hmm. the guts and glory and competition. Yeah, like it's it like show. It, it's cooking as show and cooking as as spectacle. But that 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 cooking that that a family needs to get through a week, you know, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks every single day, is 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 perceived as drudgery and sold to us. Told and we are told by the food companies who make food that it is drudgery. And so, what I want to do is to inspire kids to not see that. Soup making is drudgery, and 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 just getting dinner on the table without any spectacle involved is that that can that can be fun. It can be engaging, and it's also a cultural experience that tells the world a story about your per, your your family, your culture, your tastes, and also it connects you to the, your food in a good way. You can um, if you cook from scratch, you can go to a uh, you can buy fresh ingredients and turn them into a healthy Absolutely. food and, can, a and control how much salt and sugar practical. and fat you put in them. So. Right. What do you think? I, mean? I, I think Sarah's exactly right. Um, but what I do think is that the people who are willing mm-hmm. to cook from scratch to say maybe it's not drudgery to not who are not already sold on right. the idea that it's not something you want to do are our kids you know they for a lot of these kids cooking is um creativity uh, you know as sarah points out there's this aspect of it that can be you know it doesn't have to be spectacle and show but right. there's still this um aspect of a creative toolkit and food can be that and i think that from my experience I think Sarah's completely right. The statistics bear it out. There's no doubt about it. But I think if there's anybody who is our hope to turn that ship around, it's people under 18 right now in America. And, okay, so, you know, in my generation, I felt that not a lot of people have been cooking. But, you know, things go in and out. It was really taboo. It was actually not cool at all to to cook. Um, But my generation is having kids right now. And, you know, with with all the talk about... Um, the importance of fresh ingredients, like the best ingredients, organic and, um, uh, you know, healthful, healthful foods, which you may not always find in uh, restaurants. I think that cooking is coming back. And I'd love to see, you know, if we have statistics about kids cooking, because I know adults still, you know, it's it's a <laughs> uphill, upwards battle. But it's really interesting to see what will happen with the next generation. Well, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that the glo- like the global sustainable food movement, when you can call it whatever you want, the local food movement um, it, 
here in North America has really rescued home cooking from from disappearing. Um, and I, 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 I do I too anecdotally feel like more people um, are talking about cooking healthy foods, and and uh, I, I, I too I get that same sense. And I think the future future for sure are kids. And if you look at the the social science research, it's really interesting when kids who are involved in, in cooking food, they eat more vegetables, they like more um, and, and fruit, they, they eat a healthier diet because they understand food and they're engaged in the, in the cooking process. So it's not just important from, well, a cultural reason and, and as Ramin says, for creative expression, because cooking is like painting a picture or, or composing a song. It's a way of expressing yourself and it's a beautiful thing, but it also makes it, it also the way to keep yourself healthy. And the, 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 the social science research into this bears that out, that kids who cook will eat better food. So it's just a win-win for everybody. I'm looking at a photo of one of the recipes that uh, uh, a child, um, <laughs> Hannah LaMare from Sonoma, California, made. Um, it's a spring-summer vegetable risotto. It just seems like it has so much knowledge about, like there's purple cauliflower in this photo. I know grown-ups who don't know what that is. You know, I think this, this really, that's a great recipe because it makes a point, <coughs> pardon, about regionality. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is there are regions in the United States, just like Canada, vast, vast countries, um, where you are going to have more food knowledge than others. This young lady lives in Sonoma, right. in California, where they are blessed by the bounty of harvest nearly all year long. Mm-hmm. And so she is immersed because of her, her society and her regional culture um, in the opportunity of different produce and, and what have you. And I think that what we need to do is get to a place where all young people, regardless of where they are, region-wise, can have ownership of the regional food mm-hmm. culture, it's, whether it's right. a farm culture or an ethnic culture, as a way to create that sense of knowledge and a buy-in ownership into the It makes the so process. much sense, yeah. And I find that, you know, a lot of people gravitate towards whatever is whatever is hot right now, Mediterranean, you know, even though we live in the Northeast, it's yeah. just lemons all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, getting started from a young age, because, you know, a lot of people, like, I think that just really insti- helps instill that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's um, I, I, for my New Year's resolution, and I wrote a, an article about this, I said I was going to get my kids, who are, I have two kids, one, uh, two girls, 10 and 7, well, almost 10 and 7, and my New Year's resolution is to teach them to cook independently of me. We cook, we've cooked a lot. They've cooked, you know, macaroni and cheese from scratch and, 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 and other things, like they can make salad dressing, and we cook together. Wow. But my, my, my goal is that in five weeks' time, they're going to make us dinner from scratch <laughs> on their own. And... I, I went into this on a kind of, kind of a lark in some ways that yeah. there should be no problem, but I was surprised, despite all the preparation that I have done with my kids from getting them involved since they were really little in the kitchen, how challenging it is to take this next step, not necessarily for them, but also for me as a parent, because cooking involves risk. Mm-hmm. And you ha- to teach your kids, you have to give them sharp knives, and you have to let oh. them turn on the stove. And these are things that that are that are hard to do. So there's lots of barriers to get to getting kids cooking healthy foods, and it is not always what one as a food journalist thinks it's going to be when they when you start right. down this road. <laughs> 
That's funny. Um, what do you think, Romine? Because a lot of these kids were cooking independently, too, that you met. Yeah, and it's interesting, and, and Sarah, I think, will find this interesting, is that a lot of these kids who are the most able cooks do not have parents who cook. Wow. It's oh. super interesting how many of them said to me, there's a young man there, Tyler Trainer, he has a key lime pie. And when I interviewed him, his mother said to me, I don't really know where this comes from because <laughs> his father her, and I do not cook. And I think that when you don't have in some ways, um, if it's, if you want to call it the pressure or the ease of a parent who is able mm-hmm. or so that you can learn together, those are almost in my experience with this book, the, the, the scenarios and the setups for these kids become very, very skilled because you don't have someone to live up to in many ways. Mm-hmm. I know that my own daughter who's nine sadly is not as interested I would li- as I would like her to right. be in cooking because she's says, well, maybe it's because you're trying <laughs> too much well, to well, she encourage says, it true or your food then, is too delicious well she says you know, kids are rebellious you know <laughs> they want to do the opposite of what it, I did at least no it's true and she says well you're a chef mom what do I have to learn to cook for or mm-hmm. you know and all of your friends are chefs so and funny. so it doesn't you know, but um, and I did find that the people who were learning with their children, so they're in it together, and there's a level playing field. Almost always produce the children who are the most wow, yeah, skilled. That's interesting. I happen to have met someone like that last night because she's 15 and she's been cooking for a long time, and her parents don't cook, and so she sort of saw a need in her family that she filled, which I think is a wonderful initiative. But I think that we can even engage the kids who aren't that interested by, by giving them that responsibility. Yeah, what I've learned skills. certainly in the yeah. last two weeks of my little experiment here is that my kids, you know, they're interested in cooking, but they're not those kids who are, who are going to be submitting recipes to your book. For example. <laughs> but, but what has inspired them is that feeling of independence and being, feeling grown up that mm. I have trusted them to. Yesterday they made soup. And I really held back, and I just they 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 cut everything, they put it in so the creative. in the oil, and it was that feeling of independence that motivated them. I think more than anything else, especially because my one of my daughters didn't really like the soup in the end, but but, but she ate it anyway because they right, made it because you make it. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude, but just to note, um, a lot of the chefs that I meet or people in the restaurant industry get into it because they didn't have okay. good food growing up, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. funny, too. Oh, that is interesting. All right. We'll be right back chatting more. You are listening to Pale Blue by The Landing. has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. 
Hello, this is Mark Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words. We're back with uh, Ramin Ganeshram and Sarah Elton, both authors of new cookbooks uh, that you should check out, Future Chefs and Starting from Scratch. So I just, you know, I, I find it really interesting that you're able to find so many kids that were cooking, Ramin, but I was really interested by this section um, about some kids that are, it's a section titled Cooking for Change, The Activists. So some kids are really involved in cooking for a reason uh, beyond feeding themselves, too. There really are. And actually, to me, they are a portion of a larger trend among mostly teens okay. to uh, toward activism, whether yeah. their activism is animal rights or civil rights or, um, you know, autism, awareness, environment, environment exactly. And these kids are, are a portion of that. There's a much bigger movement over and above just food. Um, but what was really interesting to me about these particular kids is that they were talking about things from a very educated, long-term sustainability perspective. No kidding. Yeah, it was. it's very, very impressive. You know, this understanding that we're doing this not just so that our lives currently can be better, mm-hmm. but because we're affecting a long-term change. And they're so dedicated. There's a young man in this book. His name is Burke Bear. And I would make the argument that he's probably... Uh, one of the most noted and recognizable anti-GMO activists wow. in the world. And he st- he gave his first TED Talk when he was, I believe, 11 years old. This makes me so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. I think it's really exciting. They, they're such inspiring kids that, um, you know, I, I just, I love telling their stories because mm-hmm. they deserve to be told. But I'm hoping that other kids will yes. say, I could do that. You right. know, that could be me. Because it's not like folks like Michael Pollan are like the most... Uh, Let's say, you know, charismatic, child friendly, <laughs> like <Yeah>. idols, <laughs> yes. yeah. not exactly a teen idol, yeah. uh, <laughs> as wonderful as he is, of course. But, right. Yeah. But this is really inspiring. Um, and certainly, you know, like these this harkens to like the practical nature of food and getting back to the basics of what food is and getting to know the science behind it and all the ramifications of grazing, raising it, growing it, and et cetera. So that's really, that's really interesting. And that's something that you write about quite a bit in your book, Sarah. Um, what is food? You know, what are the ingredients and how, how, does it, how does it work with your body, but also how does it play um, with, the, with the agriculture? And I haven't seen too many kids' cookbooks that do that, that talk about, you know, all the issues around making food. So what inspired you to yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think we we are hesitant to talk about the like you the have ethics a section called bugs. Kids. Like who wants and, to, you know, bugs. <laughs> yeah, and 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 people in fact have asked me, that's one thing when I've been talking about the book, they asked me, "Oh my gosh, you have a section in your book called Ethics in the Kitchen and you introduce ideas like what's fair trade and what's a sustainable fishery mm-hmm. and what are what's organic cage free, you know, what, what, animal rights, et cetera, and I, and I write about it in a very neutral way. I just present the facts to the kids. I don't take a, I don't take a stand, um, even though as an adult writer for adults, I, I take a very strong stand on these issues. But for, the, for kids, I just laid it out because I wanted to provide kids with information so that they can make up their own minds. And from talking to kids about food, I, could see, I, I see how people respond to things. And it's, it's just fascinating. Kids are able to take in complex information about their food and where it comes from and make their own decisions. And so we, I think we need to afford them the respect 
and by providing them right. with this information. I think there is a natural curiosity. Um, did you come across that, uh, Ramin? I don't know. When I was cooking a lot, I was starting to wonder about all the, you know, effects and impact of my ingredients. You know, I, I think children uh, obviously have a natural curiosity as it is. And when they're working with something in a tactile way, they're mm-hmm. handling it. I think that provokes that interest more. I know that for my own daughter, although she's not particularly interested uh-huh. in cooking, she does ask a lot of questions about food. Like, and, what is a mushroom? I remember yeah, wondering that when I was a kid. Yeah, and she, I remember she was very, very little, and we were in um, a butcher shop, and there was, you know, a whole leg of, it was probably a whole leg of lamb or goat hanging up, and she said to me, that looks like somebody's leg, you know, somebody. She was so little, two or three. <laughs> and I said, well, it's a, you know, it's whatever animal it was at the time, and she I could see her process this. She was thinking about this. And I think that there is a natural curiosity that helps them organize the world, not just cooking, Mm -hmm. not just sustainability or the task at hand, but put things in the world in order Mm -hmm. in a way that they understand their place within that order. Um, So you mentioned, like, what do you foresee now? Because you interviewed, I don't know, how many, 50 or so? How many kids? Yeah, it was 96, I think. 96, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you kind of got to know them a little bit. And uh, where do you think, you know, from, I love that, you know, they each kind of have their own regional food style. Like there's an alligator chili in here. Um, but where do you think they're headed in a culinary, I guess, direction, if, if any, that you can foresee well i'll tell you what i'm hoping i'm Mm -hmm. hoping that because they at least have an interest on some level in cooking again whatever the reason is because they like to eat good food their interest in where it comes from all the things we've discussed that they become the forward flank in in returning scratch cooking you know using books like sarah's and in inculcating them as part of their whole way of living and and bringing scratch cooking back to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if it's a hobby that's a practical hobby that becomes uh, a real-world skill that follows them into adulthood. I think what was most interesting for me in this book, that as passionate as all these kids were, and this was actually most hopeful to me as well, very few of them wanted to be chefs. Very few of them wanted to have a culinary career or Good. open a restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I have to say, I thought that too. I Cooking thought to for myself, real, but not. But they look like they could be chefs. I mean, look, some, yeah. some of these look really good and some of them do there are a couple who are already you know now Mm -hmm. this book two years after i interviewed them they are in culinary school some of them are you know staging in restaurants absolutely but the greatest percentage are not interested in that they're just interested in being able to cook good food eat good food share it with friends share it enjoy it and you know be knowledgeable about it that's and and it's one of those it, it makes perfect sense that kids would want to engage with food by cooking because it's just it's just sheer pleasure, right? It's I mean that's why I love writing about food and thinking about food as a way of talking about the bigger issues in in terms of sustainability and the future of the future of our planet. Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to food, it's just delicious. <laughs> you can <laughs> if, if, there's nothing if you have enough money right. to buy food, and 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 that of course is is, is an important if. But if you have enough money to buy f- ingredients to make food, anybody can anybody can make something spectacular. You really need a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of space, and you can make something delicious that will make you and your family happy. So it's, it's a very accessible skill to everybody. 
And there's something about that excitement factor and the risk factor that makes it. I mean, even I meet grown-ups who have like they take this odd pride in doing something really kind of complicated or I don't know dangerous, but like you know, just something a little bit tricky, um, and it's just so much more fulfilling. That's a good point, and and the surprise too. What's it going to taste like? I never thought of that. That's a nice way of phrasing it, Kathy. <laughs> So how long? How far into your five-week experiment is it to the New Year's so resolution? We just finished week two, um, and we have I have three more weeks. Um, I am less confident that we that we will make it, but okay. you know what? I am going to be um, I'm going to be think optimistically and positively, and 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 believe that my children will be able to acquire skills. I did the lessons that I've learned so far is that. Every day is not a good day to do cooking with your kids uh-huh. because everybody needs to be present in not just physically but you know emotionally present and 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 in a and in a good mood and not not rush to get homework done in bedtime so the weekend is better um, to 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 have time if that's when you have time to to spend <laughs> that time together um, and it's and and I it's really important I had said earlier to make foods that they want to make but I mm-hmm. think they're very open to making the the foods that I suggest that they make which is surprising to me as well and I think it's good because otherwise my kids love macaroni and cheese we'd be just making macaroni from cheese from scratch forever and I really want them to make my goal is their grandmother's um, kukupaka chicken curry recipe that's the that's the that's the the goal that's waiting for them. That's wow. their, one of their favorite dishes, and and um, and now yeah. the, my their grandma is also inspired to oh. to get teach them as well. Well, I think it's a interesting idea. I, I can't wait to see more people try that. Have you ever tried an opposite week, Ramin, with your daughter, <laughs> where she cooks? Um, is that or? <clears throat> I'm, I'm not big, not um, yet, really. But but yeah. the thing is, she does. I'll tell you what's really interesting about her. She she'll come and tell me in great detail what it is that she wants. Like mm. she'll say, Ooh. she came to me the other day and she said, you know, it would be really great if you could make a fruit tart with <laughs> a custard filling and these fruits on top and an almond short crust and i thought you're nine i'm not your personal chef but of course for mine, I am. so i think that's pretty interesting i um the awareness the, yeah. the awareness yeah. i think you know i'd love to get to that point of it's really to sarah's point it's about me and not her because i keep thinking my knives are so sharp mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. the range is so hot you know things like that the, the stove that's... is so hot so i have to get over it and i, I would love to try it that's true and, you know, there's there's a, a teacher who I, who I I interviewed, and he said something that was so inspiring to me. He said the reason he teaches kids how to cook is so that they, when they say I'm hungry, they don't say Mom, I'm hungry, or Dad, I'm hungry. They say I'm hungry, and I feel like hummus, and so I'm going to make it. Yes, that, I mean, and it's that's a great just goal. that control. And it's good for us parents too if our kids yes. cook. Hummus is a great great thing to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to also note that Future Chefs is not just for kids. Um, it's it's for grown-ups, would you say, Ramin? Or- yeah, it's actually not um, a, a kid's cookbook per se. You know, yeah. there's, I mean, there's nothing in it about cooking with your kids. The recipes to- are solid. There's no need yeah. for them to just be made by no, kids. No, it's I don't just see- a regular cookbook. Yeah. I always tell people it's just a mainstream 
regular cookbook of sort of diverse recipes, like you would have seen more in the past, right? Where a cookbook encompassed some Many of everything. Many different chefs, yeah. Exactly. Collaboration. Um, but these are so impressive and so inspiring and so aspirational because you interviewed all these incredible stories about kids. So thank you. Yeah. And, um, starting from scratch, just want to also note, um, it is a fantastic one-on-one about all kinds of, you know, aspects of cooking and it has lovely illustrations. So it's really fun for kids too, as well as informative. And, you know, what has surprised me is that people have um, told me they've got the book for their teenagers who are going off to college um, who need to be independent. And they need to learn how to, you know, what is is stir-fry versus steam versus, like, those things that if you've grown up with people cooking around you, you take for granted. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for these important works. And um, I think you guys touched on a lot of similar topics which is so cool for such different books but um congratulations um do check it out and yeah and look forward to seeing what more work you come out with um yeah thanks everyone at heritage we'll see you next week on eat your words song for Eat Your Words is Lovin' Like This by the California Honey Drops. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.